Welcome to Sydney Property Insider, giving you news and insights on the Sydney property market. Your hosts are Michelle May, a professional buyer's agent and owner of her independent buyer's agency, and Marcus Roberts, a member of Property Investment Professionals of Australia and owner of leading mortgage broker firm, Brighter Finance. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Sydney Property Insider podcast, your weekly podcast series that talks about all things property in the city of Sydney. Michelle, how are we doing today? Very well. And yourself? Really well. You've all recovered from that netball injury that we spoke about. <laughs> yes, all done and dusted. <laughs> oh, good. Well, look, today, today, folks, we are talking about the current climate. Here we are at the end of 2018, um, just coming into mid-late December, and it is really interesting when we go back to our first episode of the year, we were talking about um, what our projections were for 2018 and how things have changed. So, Michelle, you've got some anecdotes about the current climate. Mm-hmm. Um, I've certainly got some some of my own thoughts. But to start off with, you know, maybe if we talk through you know, the slowing in the housing market related to um, housing credit or the amount of lending assistance that's being given to um, people in Australia. So when we look at the data for all local mortgage lenders and measuring the value of mortgages outstanding, the data is really important because it's highlighting the expansion or contraction in the loans being generated. So as of October 2018, total housing credit did increase by 0.3%. However, if we look back over the last 30 years or so, that is the slowest monthly rate of growth since July 1984. So it's amazing to see that it hasn't just been the what originally was the investor um, interest-only type loans that have slowed. It has then, you know, furrowed or it's, it's rolled its way on into everyone. Mm. So it's now the owner-occupiers as well. Mm. Now, the monthly expansion housing credit has been consistently slowing since February 2018, where it expanded by just 0.5% during that month. And on an annual basis, housing credit has expanded by 5.1%, which is the slowest annual expansion since October 2013. So credit growth is for owner-occupiers is now really also slowed down almost to a complete stop, which is um, you know, which is certainly interesting because that wasn't, from my understanding, APRA's original intention. It was really to focus on the interest-only investor lending um, that had, you know, greatly overweighted the owner-occupier components over the last few years, especially in that interest-only space. So, Really interesting, interesting data from that, which then we map up with um, what you were looking at, Michelle, which was you know the home value index of the results nationally and in Sydney mm-hmm. over the last you know month and twelve months. Yeah, so it's uh, we looked at the Core Logic uh, November home value index results, which confirmed that national dwelling value slipped by 0.7 percent over the month, uh, led by Sydney, where the drop was double the national average. So in Sydney, on the month, it was minus 1.4 percent, minus 2.8 percent over the quarter, and minus 8.1 percent annually. Total return was minus 5 percent, and so the median value has dropped to eight. Hundred and twenty-one thousand and four hundred thirty-eight dollars. Now, 
I think it's important, like we all, you know, the media has been reporting downturn, negative um, press about, you know, values are dropping, uh, you know, markets going to crash. And and it's important to note that uh, from the various uh, articles that I've been reading, you know, over the, the recent months is that none of the economists seem to agree of what's going to happen next. Some say that it's going to stabilize. Some say it's going to drop even further. And then you've got the, you know, the scaremongers out there who are trying to sell a book saying, you know, it's going to drop by 20, another 20% or whatever the case may be. Absolutely. Yeah. So, this episode today is really about what's happening in Sydney and how can you best prepare yourself in the market today because obviously this is where where we are focusing our efforts uh, in Sydney. And because Sydney covers such a massive area, I would say that I work predominantly in the inner west and the eastern suburbs. I wouldn't even say that those two areas are the same. And within those two areas, say the inner west, one suburb can perform very differently to another. Um, mm. From my own experience, uh, I was pricing a property in Haberfield only yesterday and looking at the medium price changes there, um, Haberfield has been impacted very significantly by the arrival of West Connects. And the medium price change there for houses since December of last year is nearly 20%. Now, that's a huge drop. A 20% drop. drop. A 20% drop. That's right. It's a huge drop. But then you look at Croydon, for example, which um, has been completely free of West Connex issues. Um, It's a beautiful conservation area, Um, not unlike Haberfield in many ways, but lots of Federation homes. And there, the downturn has been just 5% over that same period. Yeah, so, so you've got you've got two suburbs very mm. close to each other with very similar demographics. Yes, with one major factor being the the West Connects expansion and the yeah. the building of West Connects, mm. and the difference in those two profiles over that twelve month period is you're looking at twenty percent drop in one mm. versus five on the other. Yes, so it's exactly. a, a huge, you know, it's a huge factor. So when you look at Sydney on the whole. Mm. whilst the numbers certainly have trended down over the past 12 months, Mm. you then have to delve in and you have to dive in deeper than just looking at that overlying, you know, uh, 8.1%. Yeah. Now, when you look further into uh, the machinations of each different suburbs, it's not just about the property uh, market as a whole within that suburb. So, uh, say Croydon, you know, um, all all houses have come down 5%. But if you're then looking for a particular type of property of a particular size internally and externally, you may find that, that the numbers are different because obviously in certain parts of Sydney there has been a, a smaller supply of properties, but there is still a demand out there, you'll find that people are still competing over certain properties. So you've got to be taking every suburb and every type of property within that suburb at a different way. You know, you really got to look at the data. So another way to look at it, for example, is I'm looking currently, I'm looking for a three bed, two bath, one car apartment in the Randwick Kensington area. Now, with my research, I have actually found that A, there is a 30% drop in supply of those types of properties, which is only a handful a year on year anyway, because there are just not that many three-bedroom apartments of a certain age around. But secondly, because of this lack of supply, the prices have actually gone up. Mm. And so 
completely contrary to what the media have been portraying Sydney's, you know, downfall and it's all drama and everything else. Actually, if you are now in the market to buy a three-bedroom apartment in that area in the eastern suburbs, you actually still have to put your hand in your pocket for the right apartment. I have to carry that with the, you know, there's plenty of apartments that are for sale right now that are dark or are in a bad building or on a main road or, you know, those kinds of things. So you, for the quality stock, you still have to consider paying a reasonable price. And something we were speaking about um, prior to hitting the record button, those types of properties you're not finding off market because they don't need to be off market type That's transactions. Right. They, they are going to market because, yes. you know, the agents, the selling agents and the vendors know that there is still going to be a premium. People are looking mm. for that specific type of property. Correct, yeah. I mean, it is, it is no, we're now mid-December. This time of year, typically, I do find more off-market opportunities because the agents are testing the waters for properties that would potentially go on the market, the full market next year after, say, Australia Day. If they find the right buyer today from their database, they will sell it. And perhaps it's also the vendors who don't want everybody to know their business and therefore have decided to test the waters first off market, you know, and then if, you know, the market feedback may determine whether they will actually hit the full market or not. Mm. Um, so it is, it is uh, seasonal whether, you know, there's more off markets or not, definitely, because as I think most people will know that basically as soon as Christmas hits, nothing happens until at least the 15th of Jan or later. Yeah, many agencies shut over that yeah. period. Many people are away on holidays. You've got school holidays, that Christmas period. You know, the, the market really dries up for mm. that sort of 20th of December until 15th or 20th of January. Mm. And whilst, you know, we're hearing that, you know, there's more properties on the market it may be the case, from my experience, is that more properties are on the market longer because they're the inferior type properties that one shouldn't be buying anyway mm. because they have, you know, bad locations, bad floor plans, bad quality build, whatever the case may be. Uh, but for the quality stock, people aren't selling unless they have to. So it's not the interest rates because they haven't changed. It's it's more lifestyle things. So maybe they have a job in a different suburb or state or country maybe their family has expanded and therefore they need more space those are the types of properties that are coming on the market now mm -hmm. because why would you sell otherwise you know there's no reason to really uh, there's no mortgage stress as such there should not be unless you've you know you've just gone from interest only into mortgage and repayment but um, if you are a buyer out there today I would say that yes Definitely, the market has changed. It's you know, there's been a downturn, but be very careful that you are not undervaluing the property that you are looking into buying as well, because that leaves you with buying nothing. Yeah, and, and that takes my memory back to a conversation we had with a guest um, maybe a month or two back now regarding Balmain. So when we spoke to Adrian Oddie of Bresick yeah. um, Whitney. Whitney in Balmain, he had certainly mentioned that his experience had been those prestige properties in that area there are still more buyers than there are sellers. Mm. So, yes, the overall market across Sydney might have had that downturn, mm. but for the right property, 
you are still going to, as you say, put your hand in your pocket mm. because you don't have stock otherwise. Yeah. So I think now more than ever, the buyer has more power than the previous yes. years. So, but it still means you have to know what you're talking about. So if you are interested in saying buying a property in Bexley, now what you can do if you're not using a buyer's agent, you need to do the research yourself. So go onto domain, go onto realestate.com and get into the sold section. And pull up every property that is of a similar size, of a similar condition, similar location to that one that you're looking at. And then really do the numbers on it. So look at, okay, is this in a better location or an inferior location? Is it Has it got a, a better rear aspect or not? Has it got more off-street parking or not? And then you can look at the pricing there and look at, okay, this was sold only last week, and this was sold three months ago. And so then you can really determine how much you think that property is worth today that you're trying to buy. And have those conversations with the agent and use that data as ammunition to really build a case for what you think it's worth today. And there's no, you know, there's absolutely no harm in putting in a cheeky offer, but be prepared to back it up, you know. I think that's the case. And like you said, for the quality property, do expect there to be some competition. So my final point for today, I think, is that in this market, if it is an auction campaign, go to auction. And the reason is this, at the moment, agents are finding it harder to sell properties, especially the ones that perhaps have um, some negative aspects to them. So they may not have the depth of buyer pool there competing for the property. So what they'll do is they'll try and entice you to buy it prior to auction. And they'll create a scenario where there's pressure, where there's competition, you know, because they want to try to get the highest price for the vendor. That's their job. However, you are, as a buyer, at a clear disadvantage there because you have no control over the situation. You have to trust the agent. That's not necessarily a great position to be in. So hold on, you know, to your horses and wait for auction day because then you can squarely look everyone in the eye. If there is competition, they'll be there. If no one puts their hand up, and you've got the highest bid, you're in box seat position to then negotiate. And it's a much more open way to see what's happening and to see whether you can get away with paying less than perhaps in this, you know, this blind way of doing it. And something that we also spoke off air um, prior to, to starting today was the number of people now that are finding it much more difficult to get pre-approvals done mm. that are going through a four-week auction campaign and yes. getting to that four-week period and still not being pre-approved. Yes. And that's certainly something that I am, um, whilst I haven't myself had anything that's gone, goodness, to, to four weeks, but I've certainly seen where banks may have in the past talked about 24 to 48 hours to have an approval back, mm -hmm. now coming back with a much lengthier turnaround time. So you're mm. looking at anywhere from five to ten business days. So mm. if you're looking at a property on day one of a four-week campaign, you better really get the finance approved prior yeah. on a conditional basis because otherwise you are going to be scrambling in those last couple of weeks yeah. to get anything approved mm. because uh, yeah. we're finding more with the, you know, some of the, 
I guess, rapid response from Royal Commission. We're finding more focus on responsible lending, which always should have been the case and, and certainly, um, certainly is the case for the things that we look through. Much more stringent focus on, you know, capacity to repay. So mm. are people able to pay yep. for, you know, the property that they ideally want at the value they ideally want? if interest rates were to move against them by 50 points or 100 points. Mm. So as such, as soon as you start looking, get your approval done. It's something we've spoken about all year. Yeah. Um, if you don't have an approval in principle and attending, you're really only only doing half the battle. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. otherwise you're going to get to a point where you cannot make an offer or you can make an offer and you then have to cross your fingers that it's going to run smoothly from there. Yeah, I I don't think it's worth the stress. You know, I, I always, not. I previously in the hot market, I always said to my clients, don't go shopping without your wallet. Don't come back to me until you have that pre-approval in place. And then we'll start looking at property. Uh, but certainly now this is truer than ever. And, you know, with the, with the Christmas slowdown, if you want to be ready for February, when the next new listings really hit the market and the market generally you know in the past has always taken off again with the highest clearance rates and the highest number of listings and highest number of buyers in the market you really should be getting started now like get all that paperwork out of the way before christmas so that you know what you've got to play with i mean i say that loosely you know it's, it's a very serious business buying property but um because it's just not worth it. If you if you commit to a property and then find that actually the bank won't won't lend you what you think you could have borrowed, then it's just not worth it. Absolutely. Mm. So again, advice that we've spoken about all year and advice that continues to, to stand the test of time. Mm. Now I just wanted to leave you with this little story. Now going back to how you should really try and buy at auction if it is an auction campaign. I had someone inquire with me for my services a while back, um, let's see, three months ago, and he had identified this property in the inner west of Sydney and it had a guide of $3 million on it. And he said, you know, I'm tempted to put in an offer because I really love it and you know, I, I just want to go ahead and, and go for it. But, you know, what is it that you can offer me? And I said, okay, well, the first thing I would do is inspect the property, see what it's actually worth based on the comparable sales and, and go from there. But based on this market, I think you really should wait for auction and see who else is out there, you know, yeah. because you don't want to overpay. Uh, now, this type of property was quite unique. And I knew that, that there would not be many people on it in any market, let alone this market. So I was really pushing for him to just, you know, just hang on, be patient and then do the auction thing because I just knew that the agents were very sharp. Uh, they're very keen on doing deals and it's not in the best interest of the buyer. So he decided to go it alone, not use my services, which is totally fine, of course. And I didn't hear back from him. So the property came up as sold on one of my inbox emails and I saw the price and it was <laughs> 3.75 million, I believe. And I was quite shocked at that price. It was far higher than I thought it was worth. And um, I'm having a panic attack just thinking about 3.75 million for a property. Yes, and it needed a ton of work. I <laughs> I'm can just tell thinking you. about the mortgage. It needed about a million's worth of work, I tell you. Anyway, through my contacts in the industry, I had heard that the agents had been boasting all around town that the buyer, the eventual buyer, had overpaid 
$250,000 more than the nearest other offer. So I, my heart just sank because I had a feeling it was going to be the guy that I'd spoken to. And lo and behold, I called the agent and said, hey, mate, was this the guy that, you know, you'd been speaking to? And he's like, yep. And I went, well, congratulations. You know, you've obviously done a great job for your vendor. But I know exactly what happened. This guy came and inspected the property, fell in love with it, got completely persuaded, I guess is the way to say it, by the agents and, you know, had, I guess, put the pressure on him, you know, in the fact that there were other offers and he's going to miss out and all this kind of stuff. The auction, mind you, was only a week away, right? So he could have waited, but he didn't. And so, therefore, he overspent by an enormous amount of money. Mm. Now, this is obviously a guy with plenty of money, but it doesn't matter what your budget is. Please don't put yourself in that situation. So, if it is an auction campaign, please go to auction. Yeah. And Mm. I I think that's something great to close on for this episode being that harks back to something that we've said on previous episodes as well, which is try and take the emotional aspect out of it. Mm. So. You know, if this was the person that we were speaking about, they've, they've walked into the property, they fell in love with it, all mm. of a sudden, you know, they don't see the downside, they just see the roses. They do. And as, as a result, you know, you're not having that closer inspection. You go, okay, but what is this really worth if I wasn't emotionally invested into this? Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and look, and I think especially in this market, because people keep saying to me, oh, you, has the market changed for you as a buyer's agent? Well, do you know what? I, we were talking about this this morning. I'm actually busier than ever because those people who aren't sure about what to pay for what property, they use buyer's agents. And, and it, I tell you what, it's worth investing in a quality buyer's agent to give you that advice to make sure that you are not overspending by, you know, X amount. Absolutely. Because this is big money. You know, mm. these are big dollars you're, you're speaking of. So this this way in particular, 3.75, or, mm. uh, yeah. you know, between 3 and $4 million, that there's a large amount to pay. So mm. it's you want to make sure you get these yeah. things right. But even on a, on a value of a million dollars, you it's know. It's still a lot of money. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, and my fee and buyer's agent's fees are not to that extent that, you know, they can easily save you that uh, percentage and make you walk away from the wrong property as yeah. well. Totally agree. Um, yeah. So I guess overall it's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> um, it's still worth buying good property in Sydney as it always has been. Just make sure that you know the true value of the property. Don't get pressured into making a rash decision because the agent wants to get rid of the listing before the end of the year. Just make sure it's the right thing for you. Make sure you have your finances sorted. Get your building and pest. Get your strata report. And um, good luck. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that is a great place to stop for today. If you have any questions for us or if you've got any ideas for future episodes that you'd like to hear about, please send them to ask at sydneypropertyinsider.com.au. That's A-S-K at sydneypropertyinsider.com.au. And we will be with you same time, same place next week. Thanks for listening. Please note that any views or opinions presented in this podcast are solely those of the speakers and do not necessarily represent those of any business. These views and opinions are general in nature and do not take into account your personal objectives, financial situation and needs. Please consider whether it applies in your circumstance and seek professional advice where appropriate.